0: What's going on, guys? DK. Back at you with another video here uh, to talk more about the wide receivers for week one NFL DraftKings. Uh, before I get into the video, if you guys are new to the channel, my name is DK. I made daily videos breaking out NBA, NFL, PGA, and esports, daily fantasy sports slates. Before I get into the analysis here, um, real quick, I do want to say thank you guys again for all support. Currently at 4.53,000 subscribers. Um, the easiest way to support me right now, since all the content is free, is just leave a like button on the video, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already, and hit the notification bell so you know when I upload videos, so you know when I go live. Uh, if you cannot watch the videos, I also upload on Apple Podcasts. The link is in the description below. It's the DKDFS show. But with that out of the way, let's jump into the video. So let's talk about, uh, again, wide receivers. I already have a, an early look video for week one, if you guys are interested in that. I do also have a video up, breaking down more in depth of the running backs for one. This video will be focused on the wide receivers. So Let's start it, and we're going to go team by team here. So we'll start with Green Bay and the wide receivers for week one. Um, Devontae Adams at 7-3. Mentioned him in the early look video. I like him as a contrarian play. I know the matchup isn't amazing against Minnesota, but just the volume with him. Like, the Packers don't really have anyone else. Tight end doesn't look great. Like, he's going to get 10-plus targets most likely here. Um so I like Adams' the GPV play. I think he flies a bit under the radar, but the thing that I really like with him is the volume. The volume will be there, so and he's a guy that the upside is pretty high, too. And the 7-3 price is fair. So I do like Devontae Adams. I think he goes lower on the like site just because people will look at that matchup and avoid him. Looks like Lazard's going to be a number two guy. Um At 4-9, you're not really getting him at a huge discount. So, I don't know if he really stands out there. I'm probably not going to take a shot at MVS at 4-1, who would be their number three receiver. So, uh, for me, it's probably going to be Adams, and that's it. Uh, So, let's talk about Minnesota. With now Stephon Diggs out of town, Phelan is their clear number one guy at 6-7. And I think he looks like a pretty good option. It's a better matchup on this side of the ball for Minnesota. Green Bay's defensively is not great. Um. And, you know, Thielen was dealing with some injuries last year. He only played, I think he missed, I forget how many games he missed, at least five or so. Uh, but what's the key, he's full go uh, this year. And again, no Stefan Diggs. So I think the volume goes up a little bit on him. Um, I think he looks like a really good play in the mid-range. The other options, I am interested in whoever wins the number two job. It could be the rookie, Justin Jefferson. Right now, it is... Um, Ola B.C. Johnson that currently has it, but things could change. So whoever does win the number two job for Minnesota, I would have some interest in as a value option on this slate. Let's talk about Miami. So there are a couple of Iowa plays here. Devontae Parker, I don't mind pairing him with Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's like a cheap stack, right? Fitz is like 5'3", if you pair him with Devontae Parker. You can still get a good amount of good players in your lineup if you start your lineup with that stack. It's a riskier stack for sure, but New England is missing pieces defensively, so they're not the same team as they were last year on the defensive end. Um, Devontae Parker's a guy that, and I mean, look at those last couple games, the upside is there. Um, so I kind of like that as a, I think it's going to be a lower-owned stack, fits Devontae Parker. I think the upside is pretty high, and if the Dolphins are playing from behind here, like it's good, should be good game script too, so... I think he's he's in play at six K. More of a GPP play though for me. I don't know if he's a cash play. Preston Williams at four five. Um, there's not a whole lot of like standout cheap value for wide receivers. He's a guy that you could look to. He had a really good year and then was it tore his ACL? But now he's back. If there's no if there's going to be no limit, he is their number two guy. I think he makes for a pretty good value option. So, got to keep an eye on them, what his status is, if they're going to kind of limit him going into the into week one. But if he's full go, no limit, he's their number two guy. At four or five, I think he's a viable cheap option. Let's talk about New England. So, obviously, no Tom Brady. Uh, should be Cam Newton starting quarterback. Element at 6K is a guy that um, I think it's a little bit more usage this year. He kind of slowed down, uh, down the stretch. But... I don't think New England is going to be playing from ahead as much as they did last year. Again, they lost pieces defensively. They no longer have Tom Brady. So I think it's actually kind of good for Edelman, and Cam is still a solid quarterback. So at a 6K price point, I think Edelman looks like a safe option with a bit of upside. He's a possession receiver, right? He can definitely go for double-digit catches. So I think he, he looks like a pretty good option there. Kind of more in the mid-range. With the secondary option in, in, in New England, whether it be Sanu or Nikhil Harry, we'll see if Nikhil Harry does win the number two job. You could look to him. Like I, would, I like his upside a little bit more, even though he didn't play as much last year. So, gotta keep an eye on that and, and the, what happens there with the Patriots and their uh, their other receivers. On the Chicago side, Allen Robinson's at six five. Um, he had an amazing year last year. Like, amazing. The quarterback play was suspect, and he still put up huge numbers. I think I would like him a bit better if Nick Foles actually wins the starting job than Mitch Trubisky, so we'll see. Uh, just because Trubisky really did struggle last year. So if Foles wins it, I feel a little bit more comfortable with him as a quarterback than Trubisky. It would make me like Robinson a bit more. Um, you know, there's a lot of games that have really, really high over-unders. right? The, the Saints game, Tampa Bay... I feel like a lot of exposure is going to go to that game. So, Alan Robinson might fly a bit under the radar here, but, I mean, you saw the upside in him last year. So, it's a good match for two against Detroit. Detroit is not good defensively. So, I have Anderson in and Alan Robinson. The other options, like, I don't think I'm going to get to Anthony Miller at 5K. I just don't know if we have to do it on this. Like, he had had games, right? We had 11 catches, 13th. Like, the upside, he, he kind of upside games, but... I don't know if I'm willing to take the risk on him yet at 5K. On the Detroit side, not the best matchup. We know Chicago's pretty good defensively. Like Marvin Jones, I'm not going to get to a 5-5. Definitely not getting to 4-8 Amendola. Galladay would be the one guy I would consider as a concern option if you want like a super low-owned stack with like him and Stafford. But doesn't stand out. So just a strictly GPP uh, play there uh, with Galladay. Let's talk about Seattle. seattle Lands. So this is a game I think will be pretty popular. And the two receiver, the receivers in this game look good. Like, I feel pretty confident about these guys. Lockett, DK Metcalf, we know where the offense is coming from. It's those two guys when they throw the ball. So I like them both quite a bit in a good matchup here. Um, yeah, I think both are safe with upside. Uh, this game definitely has shootout potential. So I like Lockett, and I like the emergence of DK Metcalf going into a second year. He's a guy who's targeted a bunch in the red zone. I like both these Seattle receivers a good amount. I think they look really, really good in the mid-range. I don't think I'd consider the, whoever wins the number three job there for Seattle. So let's talk about Atlanta. Julio's at 7-7. Seems about right. The upside is still there. I mean, he had big games down the stretch. 20, 15, and 13 targets. Um, still was utilized a whole lot in the red zone. But... Uh, you know, I guess the issue with Julio is he's you not know, getting up there in age, 31, no longer like a young gun, right, but still the talent is there, and again, a good matchup, this game has shootout potential, so if you can get to Julio Jones, I like his upside. Also like the upside in Calvin Ridley at 6'1", he is their clear number two guy, um, and Atlanta is just a team that they want to throw the ball, so and I like all the receivers in this game. The two Seattle receivers, if you can get to Julio, I like him. I think Ridley looks really good in the mid-range. It's both a cash and GPP play. So I think all the receivers in this game look pretty good. As far as the number three guy goes, I mean, if Russell Gage wins it, he had a decent year last year. He could be a viable punt, but we'll see what who ends up winning it, whether it be him or Treadwell. Let's move on to Philly. So no Alshon Jeffrey. Philly's a team that's going to be very popular in Week 1, in my opinion. Deshaun Jackson's going to be chalk. I think Jalen Regar is going to be chalk too. Um, the rookie, he's looked really good so far in training camp, getting a lot of praise from the beat writers. I think he is going to be their number two guy. And if he wins a number two job alongside Deshaun, ja- Deshaun Jackson, I think both look really good. Again, this slate, both look really, really good for value. Washington, not scared of them defensively, so I like Riegar a lot. I think Deshaun Jackson is certainly in play at 4-9, too. Uh, the one game that he was basically healthy last year, he went for eight catches, 154 yards, and a couple of touchdowns. The upside is still there in Deshaun Jackson. The issue, again, he is getting up there in age now 33. So, uh, But, again, I like both of these Philly guys. With Deshaun Jackson, with Jalen Rieger, I think both look good for their prices. On the Washington side, uh, quarterback play. We still don't know who the starting quarterback's going to be. McLaurin had a good year last year as a rookie. Um, he had upside. I think he would probably be the one guy to consider more of a GPP play. I don't really know if he's a cash game play on this slate, but someone that you know does have upside. If you're getting a lot of exposure to Philly and want to run a game stack, wouldn't make sense to run it back with a guy like Terry McLaurin. I don't think I get to whoever the number two is, whether it be Sims or a trait, like whoever wins that number two job. So... We'll see, but uh, probably will only be McClorn for me as a GPP play, and that's it. On the Colts side, we have T.Y. at 5'8". Uh, now, I, I mean, Philip Rivers is up there in age, but maybe a slight upgrade in quarterback as opposed to Jacoby Verset. Didn't have a great year last year, but he is more of a guy that uh, is kind of boomer bust. The matchup against Jacksonville is pretty good. Um, the 5'8 price looks decent, so... I like Ty, but I think he's more of a GPP play. Again, there's other guys in the mid range that I think I feel more confident about. Um, you know, probably those Seattle guys, probably the Atlanta guys priced around him. So Ty is a guy that I think is just more in play for GPPs. Uh, if Michael Pittman wins the uh, wins as the the number two wide receiver, he could be in play here at four four. So again, we got to see who who starts opposite of uh, of Ty Hilton. On the Jacksonville side, again, Chark at 6'3". He had a good year last year, but I don't really know if he stands out at this price. So, probably not going to go there. Westbrook is cheap. He was dealing with some injuries last year. Didn't have as good of a year, but at 4'6", would be a viable cheap option. I think I probably prefer the Philly wide receivers as opposed to a guy like D.D. Westbrook. And I don't think I would consider whoever is the number three there for Jacksonville. So, let's move on to Cleveland and Baltimore. Um, The price in Odell at 5.9, I think it looks good. I know it's not a good matchup. It should be good game script, though. They should be playing from behind. And it's just a price tag thing with Odell Beckham. I I just think 5.9K is a bit too cheap. I think he should be 6.5 to 7K wide receiver. Um you know, again, had a down year last year, but the, we know the upside is there. If Baker Bank Mayfield takes a step forward this year, I think Odell is just a little bit underpriced here. So I do like Odell uh, a good amount here at under six. I think he makes for a pretty solid cash or GPP option. Landry, as opposed to Odell, is probably, I guess, the safer option just because he's more of the possession receiver, right? He's a guy that will, can definitely get you double digit catches. Maybe not as much upside as Odell. I think upside, Odell has that big play upside, so I guess Jarvis might be slightly safer to Odell, but I think Odell definitely has more upside. As far as the number three receiver goes, I don't think I want to take a shot on whether it be Higgins or Donovan Peoples-Jones, the uh, the Michigan product. So let's talk about Baltimore. Baltimore is interesting because their wide receivers, they just spread it out so much last year. Like No one played huge snaps. Um, I like Marquise Hollywood-Brown, but he's only in play for GPPs. He did not. He still did not play on a whole lot of snaps. No one did for for Baltimore. They just rotated their wide receivers. If the snap counts go up on him, then I think the upside is there. But the risk is Baltimore are pretty big favorites here, and this is a game that could get off to an early lead and then just pound the rock. Again, the snaps weren't great on him last year, so I like the upside, but more of a GPP play. Same thing with Miles Boykin, right? Just not a guy that played huge snaps, but. You know, if he wins the number two job, could become viable. Uh, but again, my worry is that they kind of do the rotation that they had last year, where they u- utilize like four or five wide receivers and no one played huge snaps. Like that is a worry for me with these Baltimore guys. Also, Lamar Jackson's a guy that will, you know, utilize his feet a lot and you know, most of the time won't go for like two for like three hundred yards through the air. On the Jets side, I think I, I think Jameson Crowder's okay, but I'm probably not going to get to him. Um, and he's a possession receiver. He's viable, but just kind of an uglier matchup here against Buffalo. Buffalo, pretty solid offensively. This game in general just seems kind of ugly to me. I don't think I'm going to get to Perriman. Um, yeah, the Jets are probably going to be a stay away from me, at least for the wide receivers. Like, Le'Veon's a guy that I've mentioned as the running back, but don't know if I'm going to get to their wide receivers. And the Buffalo side. They're more boomer bust plays. John Brown, Stephon Diggs now, um, the new number one guy. Just because Josh Allen was a little bit inconsistent last year, if he can step it up with his accuracy, then these guys get a, 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 obviously would get a boost. So right now, they're more GPP plays. I don't think I'm going to consider either Diggs or John Brown in cash. Beasley at 4A. I mean, I need him to be cheaper for me to consider him as like a punt play talk about las vegas and carolina um tyrell williams has been dealing with injury um, looks like he's gonna play through it though what was it torn later room he said he's gonna play through it this game has sneaky shootout potential i don't think a lot of people get to this game so tyrell is viable but if i was gonna play a raiders wide receiver i think it would be um, darren waller their tight end like i like his upside a bit more Interested to see who wins the number two job. Like, could become a viable, cheaper option. Rugs, they said right now they're going to use him as a slot receiver. Um, so, I'm curious to see who they start as, you know, opposite Tyrell Williams. Like, could be Hagelore, I guess. I don't think they're going to really want to put Hunter Renfro out wide. So, curious to see who is it, Zay Jones? Like, who starts opposite Tyrell Williams there for, for Las Vegas? Could become a viable cheap option. So, I guess a we'll wait and see approach there. On the Carolina side, DJ Moore at 6'6". I kind of like the stack there with Teddy Bridgewater. He had a pretty solid year last year with spotty quarterback play. And now I think he gets a boost playing with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Carolina's going to want to play fast. They want to push the pace here. So this Carolina offense, I like a good amount going into 2020. Um, you're not really getting many a huge discount, but I think he was overlooked. So don't mind that low-owned stack. Robbie Anderson's probably a pass for me. I mean, he will be the guy... Uh, the number two guy, but he's going to run more of those long routes, whereas Curtis Samuel is going to play more in the slot. I think he could become a, a pretty good cheap option here, so I like him. I don't know if a lot of people get him. I think his upside goes up playing in the slot. Like, I think his usage will go up, too. Again, probably better quarterback play, too, so I kind of like Samuel as a value option. Again, right now, all signs are pointing to him being played more in the slot, which I actually think is a boost for him. Moving on to the Chargers. So, I think they get a slight downgrade in quarterback play, uh, so for that reason, from uh, Philip Rivers to Tyrod Taylor, Keenan Allen's going to go low round. But they don't really have a whole lot like on this offense besides Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler. The matchup's pretty good too against Cincinnati. Cincinnati is not good defensively, so and I think a lot of people will get to a guy like Austin Eckler. Like, I think he looks really good for Week One. And people are just not going to want to play both a running back and a quarterback from the, or, or, and a wide receiver from the same team. So, for those reasons alone, Keenan Allen, in my opinion, is going to go pretty low owned. But the upside is still there on him. So, if you want to get different in GPPs and want to piece this Chargers of offense, I don't hate the idea of going to Keenan Allen over a guy like Eckler. Now, Eckler's probably your cash play. I like him quite a bit for week one. But don't completely avoid Keenan Allen there. Uh, I don't think I'm going to get to the other receivers. Mike Williams, um, dealing with some injuries. I just don't trust whoever. I guess, I mean, if Joe Reed possibly wins the number two job, and he is their number two guy at 3-9, would become a viable option. So I wouldn't completely rule that out. We'll see if uh, if Mike Williams is uh, in, the would say, two to four weeks he's out. So we'll see if he's able to go uh, there week one. There could be value there possibly if like a guy like Joe, we- Joe Reed is their number two option. On the Cincinnati side, with Joe Burrow not quarterback, um, tricky. Like AJ Green, I like the price. My issue is just he cannot stay healthy. Just been dealing with injuries. It seems like the last three years. it's oh, a tricky one. Um, again, I like the price here, but I think he's just more of a GPP play. Like I just the injury risk really does worry me with, with his history. So I think he's more of a GP option. Tyler Boyd at six one. I mean, he's a guy that probably they probably get a boost here with uh, with Joe Burrow at quarterback. I think it's a viable play in the mid range, but probably not a guy I'm going to go out of my way to play. Like I think I prefer other guys around his price range. And that's it. I don't think I'm going to get to whoever their number three guy is. It's so going to Tampa Bay, New Orleans. So this is another game uh, like Seattle, Atlanta. I think is going to be very popular. Like Godwin, Mike Evans, both look pretty solid. Tampa Bay again, They want to pass the ball. They want to air it out. Now they get Brady. Um, He probably is more accurate than Jameis Winston. So could be a slight boost, but also they won't be playing from behind as much as they were last year. So I think it kind of evens out, right? So Godwin, Mike Evans, I think both look really, really solid. And this game is the highest over-under of the day, of the week. You're going to want exposure to this. I think both look really, really good. No issue with either Godwin or Mike Evans. The one issue I will bring up is there are kind of a lot of mouse to feed. Those two, they have Rob Gronkowski. Uh, I mean, OJ will probably play a bit still. So that is, I guess, the slight downgrade. Um, But I think both options, you know, at 7-1 for Godwin and 6-9 for Mike Evans, uh, stand out on the slate. And on the New Orleans side, Michael Thomas, if you can get to him, obviously looks good. There's not a lot of downside to him to say, other than the price point, right, if you can fit him in, great, uh, I think he's more of a GPP play, not someone I'm gonna go to in cash, cash games, I always prioritize getting three running backs in there, uh, unless there's some, like, really, really cheap, like, mispriced wide receivers, so, I think Michael Thomas is a good GPP play, if you can fit him in, Emmanuel Sanders in the mid-range, I like, even though the even though he's getting up there in age, I just, like, he gets a boot, a big boost playing in the Saints offense, so, I like Sanders here, um, I think he goes a bit under the radar, but at 5'7", I think he looks like a good option in the mid-range. Finally, Arizona. So, these guys are strictly GPP plays. I think there's only one guy to consider in DeAndre Hopkins. I like the price on him. I like him, Kyler Murray stack as a super low-owned stack in GPP. So, no one's going to do it. They're going to completely avoid it because the defense, which I'm worried about San Francisco, who's good defensively. But, I just like the price on Hopkins. I like Kyler Murray as a quarterback. Um, you know, he has upside with rushing the ball on the ground. So I like that stack as a super, super low-owned stack in GPPs. I'm not going to get to Kirk at 5K. Fitzgerald at five, Probably not. I guess he's in play. But I don't know if I'm going to go out of my way to play Larry Fitz. I guess the price point would make him cash game viable. And then finally, San Francisco's... This is a tricky one, so they don't really like to pass too much. Uh, unless they fall behind. We have Samuel out. You know, Jalen Hurd in the IR. Ayuk um, is uh, questionable. So, this there could be value. Like, Bourne is going to get some good reps, uh, but at 5K, probably not going to get to him. Like, if Pettis starts as the number two guy, I know he had a terrible year, didn't play a lot, but if he comes out as their number two guy, 3-7 against Arizona, I think he could be a, a cheap option on this slate for sure. So, that's really going to wrap it up, guys. Again, there still is a lot of news we're waiting for on, you know, who ends up winning, you know, starting jobs for some of these teams. There's injuries we're still waiting for. So things can change, but hopefully this video helps you guys for uh, giving you a more in-depth breakdown there on all the wide receivers for Week 1 on DraftKings. Um, so, yeah, again, I think that's going to wrap it up today, guys. If you haven't enjoyed the content so far, I'd really appreciate it. If you leave a like button on the video, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already, and hit that notification bell. Um if you guys are interested in MBA, I did already upload a video for tomorrow's slate, Sunday slate, uh that is already up. I will have a video up for breaking on the tight ends probably tomorrow, so be on the lookout for that. Uh thanks again guys. Uh hope you guys all have a good day and I will see you all later.